What is going on? Welcome to episode 63 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB Edition. I'm your host, Taylor Ringle. My co-host, Griffin Warner, is here. And Griff, this is the beginning of the 2022 postseason. And of course, we record on a Thursday. We drop on a Friday. And that Friday, kiddos, you'll be listening to this on Friday morning, 12.07 p.m. Game one of the postseason begins but first, we're going to give you all the information on the wild card matchups for Friday. We're going to break down the wild card series and give some of our predictions about who's going to be in the World Series and even win it. And of course, Griff and I are going to really have some roasting time. Finally, have our stages set. We get to roast and also comment surprising teams, disappointing teams, and some of our favorite moments from this season. Griff, what's going on? I'm just happy to finally uh, outpace Aaron Judge's home run total with uh, one of our episodes. Um, yes. you know, finally excited to get there. I, I feel like September really dragged on to say the least. Um, but I'm, I'm, I think more pumped for this wildcard series. And I've been for a long time for baseball getting going. I'm always pumped for it, but especially this time um, we've got some great series in front of us. I mean, we are going to talk about it forever, but, Basically, where the Mets found found like find themselves now is incredible oh. for their World Series chances compared to what they were four days ago. It felt like, um, or really whenever the before the the Braves series started in Atlanta, um, a lot has happened, and I'm I'm pumped, looking forward to it all. Um, just to recap, best bets from our last show uh, went one and one, um, ho hum. But uh, happy to say that I feel like I've had a pretty good close to the regular season. Uh, and I'm going to try to keep that going as we go into the World Series and, well, the whole playoff run. Because we probably have, like, a month left of the season. So, like, there's plenty of opportunities. We have a lot of baseball left. If you if we're going to be getting to the final day, if there's a Game 7 in the World Series, November 5th is our last and final day, potential day of Ooh. baseball. That's pretty lit. I'm not going to lie. Our potential, after, if it was a four-game sweep in the World Series, it'd be November 1st. So we got another month left of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Right. That means a ton of baseball left to talk about. And since we just went over shortly of our best bets, yes, I lost. Uh, didn't get the ninth inning, which is kind of a bummer. Down by four. Toronto get, ended up winning 5-1. Barrios finally threw a good start. Maybe we see a good start out of him in the postseason. We don't know. But I wouldn't bank on that one. I know it sucks because I'm such a Barrios fan. And I always I've been trying to get him to pitch well year long. I think he finished with a mid five ERA this year. I don't know what was up with him. I'm not going to talk a lot about Jose Barrios because we have a lot more to talk about here. So before we get into the crutch of our show, which our first playoff episode, I'm going to give a quick, quick ad that you've been hearing all year long. It's a free you sign up right now at pregame.com. If you haven't yet, I don't know what you're doing because pregame will give you a free $25 site purchase just for signing up. How long does it take to sign up, Griff? Give me, give me, how how long do you think? A couple clicks. I think I could do it in 17.4 seconds. You know what? If anybody can beat that, please tweet us because that would be a record. Because on our and on our cards here, it says sign up takes ninety seconds. If you can oh, do it in seventeen point four seconds, I'd be amazed. Actually, so, sorry, I'll change my answer. Sixty nine seconds. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Sixty nine seconds, and you can take advantage of being a site member by making and tracking your own picks. You can post your own picks, 
and analyze it on our pregame.com forums. Draw following and become a valued member. Sign up today and receive $25 site credit to purchase premium picks from one of our pregame's very own handicappers today. I'm looking at one right now. Griffin Warner is one of those guys. Get your free best bet today. Go sign up right now. Okay, Griff, this is your time. This is our time right now. We're going to get right into it. little quick recap of our 2022 season. Let's first talk about the most, the team that overperformed the most. And we were talking before, a little pregame, uh, our pregame pre-production meeting. And we were talking about it together. And we got to agree on something. And I want to say that I think it's almost obvious about the team that's overperformed over anybody, and it's the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, um, I think that's the obvious answer. I was trying to like come up with something that would be a little bit different. Um, and I think I threw the uh, Cleveland Guardians at you, who are yeah. some a team we're still going to talk about because they're about to start a playoff series um, and have Shane Bieber on the mound in the first one. But we'll get to that and best bets coming end of show. Um, but I think that, I mean, what, did anyone have any expectations for the Orioles? Um, maybe the biggest, if not second, third biggest long shot in all of baseball that were in the playoff race. Um, for as long as we were podcasting this this season, I mean, incredible run for them. Sorry it didn't work out, but you know, um, it happens. And um, I think the future is bright in Baltimore. They're very young, got a lot of talent coming in. Reminds me of the Astros or maybe even the Braves from uh, a few years ago. And we've seen both of those clubs win World Series. So um, future is bright in Baltimore. Beautiful park. If you haven't, have you been there uh, yet, Taylor? God, no, I wish. Get I on really it. Wish. Get on I it. I know. It's, great, it's great unbelievable. Spot. Yeah, look, the Orioles were a huge surprise. You know, we I think everyone thought, and to be honest with you, I'll, I'll just throw it out there, hand up. I can't lie about it. I had my predictions posted all over the interweb, all over Twitter, everywhere. So I had them winning 65 games this season. Well, they shattered that one. They're above 500 ball club. I, I can't be more happy about a team that has such has so much upside. They have all the prospects. We got to see um, Adley Rutschman this year and Gunnar Henderson up this year. We got to see breakout stars, uh, Felix Batista. We got to see, you know, Dean Kramer become a, a reliable starter for them. They still have John Means will probably be coming back next year. They have a, a Grayson Rodriguez, the top pitching prospect, one of the best pitching prospects in baseball will be coming up. So they're all set to try to compete for an ALD's title next year. Now, will that happen in the most competitive division, maybe in baseball, you know, with the Blue Jays, Rays, and the Yankees all making the postseason? I can't see that those teams regressing that much next year. Maybe, maybe the Yankees lose Judge. That could be a huge loss for them. Maybe the Rays lose a few players offensively. I don't know, but uh, the Red Sox looking like they're on the outside looking in. Don't know where Bogarts will come. So the Orioles are ready to pounce for the future. So congratulations. That's our overperforming. Our, what's, what did I say? Most overperformed team this year. Now, the underperformed squad, it's probably a no-brainer, Griff, for for us and I said two teams and you're like no 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 this is the one team and I said all right that makes a lot more sense 
Go ahead. And you've been talking. You you hate this team more than I do. Ha! Ho, ho, ho. You know, life is too short, Taylor, to uh, to hate things. But yes. Dislike. Uh, dislike. I strongly dislike Tony La Russa and the Chicago White Sox. You did posit the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim as potentially um, one of the choices. And not a bad one because they certainly underperformed. But Chicago White Sox, all day for me. They were... Well, I'm looking at it from the first lines that I grabbed from November 2nd, 2021. They were the fifth most likely team to win the World Series. And let's just say they did not even in a really bad division, mind you. Um, And and just the the Guardians, I mean, they were they had futures of being, I think, 18th most likely to win. Um, Not great from that. I mean, even worse than than the Oakland Athletics, which is really funny, but the the A's trade a lot of people away. I get that. But anyway, back to the White Sox. Um, In a bad division, fifth most likely to win the World Series. I think I picked them to be the one seed um, preseason. Sorry to bring that up. Probably shouldn't have. But uh, I'll, you know, I'll I'll come out and and say, I thought the White Sox would be a really dynamic offense. They couldn't hit right-handed pitching all year. And they had a manager who was asleep in the dugout. So um, I'll pick the White Sox as the, the, the best, worst performer out there. Yeah, they were definitely the most disappointing team all year long. They finished 81 and 81. Uh, I'm honestly impressed they finished even 500 this year because they were a below 500 team all year long. And they played, maybe not record-wise, but they, it seems like they played their best baseball in the last month of the year because they, they at one point, they were competing for a wildcard spot. And it was getting kind of close. They finished five games back when the year ended yesterday. Five games back. Baltimore finished three games back. So the tale of two teams. Orioles had no shot of even competing this year. They ended up competing. We, I had the White Sox winning 95 games this year in destroying that AL Central division. And they finished 81 and 81. I, I think the real L for them was their pitching staff. You lose Lance Lynn for a good chunk of the year, who is your horse, 200 innings eater pitcher. Dylan Cease definitely came alive this year and has become one of the better pitchers in the entire league. Giolito underperformed a ton. Johnny Cueto was a great story this year. The fact that he got to pitch Kopech. Kopech pitched a decent. I think he did okay this year. I know he was hurt with the uh, IL stints a few times, but you can't rely on one pitcher to be successful for all year long and then also hold a pitching staff and hold a whole, you know, a, basically a team afloat. And, and the offense wasn't great either. I think Jose Abreu's power numbers were a lot lower than usual. Uh, Eloy was out for a while. Grandal had one of his worst years of his career. Batting average was unbelievably low. So it was just an overall injury prone and just not overall consistency wasn't there. Yeah, I don't want to spend a year on a team that's not that's playing golf tomorrow, but um it's you you kind of mentioned it. the pitching wasn't that bad for how badly they performed. Um Liam Hendricks was great in the closer role. Uh Dylan Cease was probably is probably gonna get some Cy Young votes. So absolutely they were they were pretty good. Um I think it's all about that White Sox hitting. Eloy's always hurt, and Luis Robert, I mean, was barely on the on the field this year. That's so true. Um, that did it to them, but I'm not giving them any excuses. Um, I don't even know when that under on their regular season win total cash, but it was a long time ago. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, the White Sox being out of my headspace for, uh, as long as possible, because it took me a while to realize that they were a team we should just bet against. Cause I'm sure going against them this year was very profitable. Yeah. 
it's it's just a shame. But just some some notes just to talk about. You know, we we talk baseball at minimum two times a week this year, every single week for a good chunk of the year. We talked baseball three times a week for you guys, and we talked about a ton of things that happened. Some of the awesome moments that we got to talk about. Pujols is seven hundred. Miguel Cabrera is three thousand, and then Judge is at sixty two. I mean, it, I think for a for you and I, Griff, to do a podcast for the first time together, and we've had this kind of season to talk about all these insane accolades and personal strides and teams that were red hot all year long. I think we had a really successful twenty twenty two season. I agree. Um, you know, we've we've made it um, across many time zones, across many scheduling snafus. We've done pretty well. We we probably performed a little bit better than the Chicago White Sox. Um, Damn fucking right, dude. We did so much better than them. Our batting average is bat. We're at least over three hundred. I mean, come on now. Yeah, you know, and at at this stage of baseball, three hundred, you're probably a, a lock hall of famer. Um, so you ready to get into some uh, some playoff series, or, or, or are we going to keep teasing the people out there? No, we're no more teasing now. We're officially going to dive into the AL and NL wildcard series. And, man, do we have some awesome series to talk about. I think right now off the bat, let's start off with the Tampa Bay Rays and the Cleveland Guardians. That's the first game we're seeing on Friday. And we're going to remember, everybody, we're going to get into a Friday's card and best bets towards the end of the show. And we will break down each of those four games that will be on Friday. But right now, we're going to just kind of give our thoughts about each series. So, Griff, what are your thoughts about this series? It's I say this is mostly going to be a pitching duel type of series. Both really good pitching staffs. Ray's getting glass now late, which was a huge acquisition for them. See where he's going to be playing. And this Cleveland Guardians rotation and bullpen is super underrated. They could be one of the sneakiest teams in the postseason right now. Yeah, I'd be really afraid if I was my favorite team was in the next round getting the winner of this series because uh, there's going to be a lot of nail biters. Um, so just to start off the series price, uh, currently the Guardians are minus 124 favorite at home, which is understandable. I think we'll see probably all of these home teams favored because you get three games at home. You really just need to only win two of them. Um, you can do it right away, and that greatly enhances your chances for the next round. Um, but the Rays, you know, they're not going to give up. That's for sure. Um, we just saw the Rays play the Guardians in Cleveland. Um, maybe you could argue that the Rays had more on the line, but if I'm not mistaken, I think the Rays closed the favorite in most, if not all, of these games. So um, it's a little interesting. I mean, playing at home is a big deal, and you got this – Stack your pitching lineup exactly how you wanted to. Um, it's looking like we're having for the Guardians Bieber, then McKenzie, and then Quantrill. Best you could ask for. Um, yeah. The Rays are a little bit less decided. Going McClanahan in this first one, then Tyler Glass now in the second one, likely going maybe four innings max. And then we don't know who's going to the third game. So there's a lot of questions on that on that Rays side of of, of the diamond, but ultimately. I feel like this series is really close, man. I mean, it, it certainly leans towards Cleveland because they're at home um, and the crowd's going to be psyched as they should be. What else is there to do in the land anyway? Um, but I, I got to say the Rays, they might not have the the pieces that jump out at you. And it was funny. I chuckled to myself a little bit when you said, you know, the Rays might lose some hitters. I was like, what hitters do they have? But true, yeah. um, it, it's going to be a series where, as you said, and I'll, I'll stop the, the one man soliloquy soon. 
Um, Cleveland is going to really work pitchers. They're going to hit a ton of foul balls. They're not going to hit a lot of home runs. Meanwhile, the Rays aren't really going to do much hitting, but they're going to be swinging for the fences, trying to hit those home runs. Um, I think it's a battle of, of who can keep the ball in the ballpark. I do have some concerns about Tristan McKenzie doing that. Um, Kyle Quantrill as well. He's been great this year, but I feel like he still kind of throws a flat sinking fastball. And that's usually what flies right into a, a barrel. Um, I think Beaver's going to be awesome in this one uh, the opener tomorrow on Friday, but um, you know, I'm, I'm just pumped for this series, man, because I I'm really interested to see what Shane McClanahan is going to do. I mean, he's been injured for, or really the, the kid gloves have been on him for a long time for Tampa. Um, he come, comes back from a shoulder impingement and really hasn't been great. And they go into Glasnow game two, who really hasn't been going deep in games, just came off the IL. Um, what, what are you thinking about the Rays pitching staff in this series? Like, are you expecting, I mean, huge bullpen games and them just being okay with it? Or do you think they're going to push some of these guys because they're in the playoffs? I mean, it's only the first round. You got to go balls to the wall in this, man. If, you, if you're down, if you're down 0-1 in game one, I uh, look, Glass now, we, you, like you mentioned, four innings, maybe max for, for, for him. And then if you win that, who's game three? I'm assuming it's going to be Rasmussen. I, I'm, that's what I'm assuming. Uh, he's had a good year, and I think he's – uh, a sneaky three starter for a rotation and bullpen, which is overall really good. I just, I just think that Cleveland might have the upper hand here because of the offense. If Ramirez can Ramirez and Jimenez being that one-two punch up in the top of the order, if they can get on and be facilitators for the rest of the rest of that lineup, which isn't the best, but they have, like you mentioned, a lot of scrappy hitters in that lineup. One thing to note here, Griff. It's a tale of both teams right now. Both ended the year on different notes. The Guardians finished the year 7-3 and three of their last 10 with a two-game winning streak. The Tampa Bay Rays finished 2-8 and eight in a five-game losing streak to end the season. You, you Look, there's two things to look about the Rays. You give these few days off, it's a reset. Or does the losing streak continue? Five-game losing streak to end the year. They were barely, they were scratching and clawing to make this playoff spot, and they barely made it. If Baltimore Orioles didn't lose towards the end of the year, I, they could have easily made that wild card spot with how bad the Rays have played. So I think from my perspective, and, and maybe I'm giving the Rays a little too much credit, they've made it to where they are, not because they have deep pockets, not because they play in a nice stadium. They've gotten there from being smarter than everybody else. They're the ones that brought the shift to the game, single-handedly ended Brian McCann's career. Mark Teixeira, you could probably argue that way too. And I'm not just picky on Yankees. There are plenty of others, but those come to my mind first. Two Braves. Um, I'm not shocked. Yeah, also Braves. I'm not shocked that uh, the Rays lost those games. I don't know if they ever go out there as an athlete and you lose on purpose. Um, but I have some a bit of a suspicion based on who the Rays were pitching that they were trying to go for the sixth seed to avoid going to Toronto because they felt I think they felt like they had a better chance of beating Cleveland and based on the the number or the series numbers and, and prices I'm gonna go look this up while you're talking um but I feel like math was telling the Rays that they had a, a much better chance of beating the Guardians as they were closing a favorite pretty frequently uh when they were in Cleveland very recently um and so I, I believe so I think either of these teams will give the Yankees a, a tough run in the, in the next round, um, just based on how good their pitching is. 
when I try to break down the Rays, it's really hard to pinpoint their bullpen and who's the best part of it, which they need a good one because their starters aren't going to go very long really throughout the year, but especially not in this series. I feel like McClanahan's got six in them at best. I think they're still worried about the long term and because ultimately the franchise survives on selling these pitchers, trading them away for prospects. So I don't think they're going to put McClanahan in danger. I think six innings is a maximum here. Uh, Glass now, if he goes five, I'll be very surprised. I, I can't imagine he goes more than that. I think four, as we said, is, is probably more of the target. But then you got a really good pen behind them. And I feel like whoever takes a lead in this series, it's a really big deal because the it's going to be really tough to come back against anybody in this playoffs, but especially these two teams that have really built their season and got to these playoffs because their bullpen has been so good. Um, I guess we'll figure out game three starter when we get there if, if we're Tampa, but I think you're right. It's probably Rasmussen. Um, on the Cleveland side, I mean, their, their bullpen's really good too. You touched on Karen Chak. Uh, I remember when he was um, sidelined because he didn't get vaccinated when he went to Toronto. And I mean, from then on, I've been watching him. He was a big, big prospect, had awesome, awesome stuff and great strikeout numbers in the minors. Had a really tough, I think, rookie year. Um, once people realized all he threw was a curveball and a fastball and they kind of looked the yeah. same. If you just guess one, you could probably hit it. Uh, but he came back with a vengeance this year has been really good. Him leading into class A, I, I don't think anyone's going to, I think I'm not going to say class A is going to save every game he's in, but like of all the, the closers in this playoffs, I'm not sure there's many that I'm more confident in than Emmanuel class A. Yeah. It's class A Diaz or, and that's basically it. You know, my, my last thing here, and we'll get into the Phillies and Cardinals series. You, you can't have the train wheels on McClanahan or anybody else right now. You can't, you can't, ha- this is postseason time. If you want to, all, all these teams are good offensively. That's why they're here, right? The Rays might be the worst of all of them, right? But they're all here because they did everything right. You can't have McClanahan go out there for five or six innings. If he can push to seven innings and help out that bullpen, you do it. If he's dicing up and go eight innings, go ahead and do it. You get that game one win. He won't be pitching until the next series if they end up winning the next series and next the next game with Glass now on the mound. So that's my last thoughts on this. Let me let Let's me just jump. sorry before Go we ahead. switch to the next one. So just to tie off this this loose end, if you will. Sure. Um, the pitching matchups when the Rays went to Cleveland favored Cleveland pretty significantly. We had Bieber hosting Kluber, who's I guess also a possibility out oh, of the bullpen yeah. or maybe as a, a fourth starter. Yeah. Also uh, Springs as well. I feel like the, the Rays might just be piggybacking all these starts and that might be what we see. Anywho, um, so Bear, so Bieber, excuse me, he, he closed a pretty sizable favorite at home to, to Kluber on September 27th. On the 28th, it was Tristan McKenzie who closed a, a like pretty much standard home field advantage type favorite to Tyler Glass now, who was, I think, in his first start back from the IL. And then the last game was most disturbing to me when Jeffrey Springs closed a pretty sizable favorite to Cal Quantrill in Cleveland. So um, we might see that sort of same thing. I mean, we'll get to the lines shortly, but they're pretty short that I've seen so far on the Guardians. Uh, the Rays could be favored in game three if we get there, and that's a big, big deal because uh, that's the the determining factor of where whether you get on. Um, and, and I think probably when we go through Friday's card, we can kind of give an idea of where we think these series will end. Um, but you've got a prediction for this one. Um, how do you I feel do. ultimately if we, before we move on? Uh, you think it's a, a an easy one for the Guardians, or do you think the Rays um, are going to cause some problems? I th- I have right now. I have the Guardians taking this series two to one. 
Uh, I think the offense is too good to not get past this this race team. Yes, the race pitching is great. I think I feel like if they rough up the Rays early in game one, that might be a tough, tough, tough way to come back in game two. But glass now, glass now with four innings of glass now is is is, is one of the better pitchers in the game. You can get four amazing innings out of glass now. Very tough to come back, but um yeah, I have Guardians winning the series two to one. I'll agree with you. Um, I think two to one is probably the safest pick. I don't really even I feel like whoever wins these first games there's so much pressure on game two that that might even that might bust the bridge or whatever and make it so whoever wins game one in these series is a really big deal. Um, You'll see and we'll get to this more in in detail when we go through Friday's card. But uh, I do think the Guardians are just strong enough at home. I think that's a big deal playing at home. Last at bats means something. The crowd means something. And uh, I'm a little nervous about the Rays inability to hit combined with um, a lot of work for a bullpen that's going to have to go back to back to back three games in a row, potentially, which no one really does in in the year of our Lord 2022. Yeah, totally agree. Interesting series. A lot of good pitching. We're going to see it. I'm going to stick with the American League. Keep in this same watch here. Seattle taking on Toronto. Seattle Mariners are going all the way up to Toronto to play the Blue Jays. Game one starts on Friday at 4.07 p.m. This is going to be a a very interesting series. This might be the best of the four because we're seeing some of the better hitters during the wildcard series. I'm interested to see how Julio Rodriguez is going to be playing in this series, setting the rookie record of Seattle Manor's rookie record in home runs. The pitching staff with, with Castillo, who's going to be pitching in game one of this series, which we'll talk about a little later. The Mariners' bullpen arguably is the best in the game, I'd say, competing with the Braves when everyone's on, and even the team we just talked about, the Guardians. I, I think Seattle might have the upper hand here. I might be nuts by saying that because of Toronto's lineup is stacked. I'm just not confident in Toronto's pitching. Um, well, it starts with Alcmanoa, and then I guess we figure out who's coming after that. I mean, Gosman, really... Gosman in game two, and then uh, who do you think would be a game three starter for Toronto? Hard, hard to say. Your boy. Um, hopefully, I mean, Russ Sterling should be on that list because if they give it to Kikuchi or to Jose Rios, I mean, it's tough. You might need to check whoever the GM is now to see if they're drinking. But um, I, I feel like. I mean, we have been on the Mariners for a long time. We, I think, went at long shot predictions of them winning the AL West. It didn't come true. Unfortunately, the Astros won over 100 games. So uh, I don't even know if that's really our, our fault there. But uh, Seattle had a great series and, and or great season. And this is a big series for them because they haven't been in the playoffs in a long, long time. Maybe before you were, uh, maybe while you were still uh, dancing in the, the dreams of, of the sky. What, where am I going with this? I don't know. But um, I, I feel it's been like a it's, it's, been, it's a long, been a long, long time. It's been a long time. There we go. I'm 27 years old. It's been 20 long years. I think okay, the last 20. time. Okay. 20. I think that's when Edgar Martinez hit that walk-off hit against the Yankees. I think that was it. I think it was. Anyway, um, I, I know I said the bullpen for the Blue Jays and the pitching overall is a little suspect. Look, they have good relievers. They got, you know, Yimi Garcia and Mays is a good pitcher. They got Basso from the Marlins in a trade during the the trade deadline. They have Jordan Romano also in that bullpen. 
but the late game heroics we've seen from last August and September and this August and September for the from the Seattle Mariners tells me that kind of magic is going to continue over into October. When you have help, everyone's clicking at the same time offensively. I know Ty Francis kind of slowed down a little bit from what he did in the first half. He was on fire, one of the better hitters. But you have him to line up with Mitch and you know Cal Raleigh's been one of the most surprising players I think in the league rookie year, having a monster rookie year behind the plate with Rodriguez uh, and um, what's his name at third base, monster homer from from the Reds, Eugenio um, Suarez. Eugenio Suarez. Too bad Jesse Winker didn't show up this year to play. Unfortunately, Adam Frazier didn't really play well this year. But they have the hitters to really hit up this team early on because. I think Manoa might scratch off and get that game one win. Maybe Castillo is freaking so damn good. It's going to be a battle. I think, I think that might be a battle until the eighth and ninth inning when the bullpens are back at each other. But after that, man, like, do you have faith in Gosman? Do you have faith in Stripling to get that game three win? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm liking Seattle in this series overall. I can't believe I already forgot to do this one series down, but uh, the, the, Series prices for this one: Blue Jays minus one fifty at home, second biggest favorite of all these wild card teams. Um, and I think they're there because uh, they're at home. Obviously, that's a big deal. But also, they have a much stronger lineup. You, you did just write off uh, or, or read off a lot of the, the good hitters from the Mariners. I think if you were lining up those two teams together, I think you'll you'll take the Blue Jays lineup yeah. before to take the Mariners. So Absolutely. lineup and at home bullpen is worse. I think I agree there than the Mariners. I don't know how much worse it is because they, I mean, Romano has been awesome. Um, good question though, of how he'll actually do when he's in the playoffs under the, under the lights. I mean, he's been pretty good in the regular season. I know it's a, a step up in October and later, but um, I, I just, I also have questions about that Jays lineup because they don't work really pitchers at all. Um, I think the nice part for, I guess the Jays in the situation is they're not, like trying to get into a really bad bullpen. So maybe they can swing at first pitches as often as they do. Like, I'm not sure the last time I remember seeing Bo Bichette take a pitch, uh, definitely not a fastball. So I, I just feel like um, what the Blue Jays could do is really rain on a parade really quickly and, and knock someone out fast. Um, but for what I've seen from Luis Castillo so far, um, from what I've seen from Logan Gilbert all season, whether he's looked perfect or not, he's still had really great numbers this whole year. Um, and I think pretty much in October playoff baseball, it's where hitting goes to die. Maybe it's because the pitching is how you get to the playoffs. And a lot of these teams are built with great bullpens. I feel like low scoring games are going to be what happens here. And in most of these cases, I want the team with the better bullpen. And it really, that points to the Mariners here. Um, I do think that it's going to be a big deal to see what they get from their rotation. I do have some concern about Luis Castillo, but he's been so good since they traded so for him good, man. that like, so I good. almost feel like I should believe that. And and he's had some playoff experience. I think he was part of that wildcard series in the COVID year when the Reds didn't score a single run in the entire uh, playoff round against the Braves, but he pitched really well too in that break. Yeah, I think Braves. I mean, he pitched really yeah. well. I think they lost in overtime or excuse me, in extra innings in, in that one, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, it, there's some, I mean, Mariners plus 130 looks, looks pretty enticing to me. I know that we've been kind of all about this team. They're not exactly the, the prettiest lineup out there. There are a lot of home runs only, but they've won 
close games for two straight years now. And I don't really see that changing just because we uh, flipped the calendar and we're playing game 163. Yeah, I was about to read off the Castillo stats since he's been a Mariner, but I'll save that for when we talk about Friday's card. I I just have a lot of faith in the Mariners. If I'm going to look at the bracket again real quick here, you know, looking at where it is, yes, it's going to be – I, I they're not going to advance against the Astros. It's just not going to happen. The Astros are just too damn strong. I clearly did not have them winning the division this year. Hand up to me. Uh, I'm going to say now I have the Astros winning 85 games this year. You know, l- losing, you know, Correa and Gurriel did not play well this year. I really thought, you know, and no Springer again. So I, I really thought the offense was going to die down for the Astros. Clearly not. They Absolutely mashed the ball year long. Kyle Tucker had a career year, 106 wins for the Astros. I had Mariners win 94 games, but the Mariners did win and made it the postseason. Uh, at the end of the day, here I'm taking Mariners two to one series win. Griff ended here. Why don't we start uh, AL and then we'll do the NL afterwards? So then we'll just run through kind of what we see in these next series. I- I'm okay. gonna agree with you and I'll go. Seattle also, um, which is, I mean, that'll pay you a decent, decent amount if you're taking that plus 130 right now uh, for the Mariners to advance uh, in okay. this round. Not that I don't like the Blue Jays. I think they're strong, but I also feel like they've kind of been a little bit listless where the Mariners have been pretty hot um, for years, for a long time this year, especially considering how poorly they started the season. Um, so then that puts us into, we both have the Guardians and the Yankees in the second round, whereas um, then the Mariners and the Astros. Um, go ahead. Talk about your Yanks. Give us the reasons why they're winning the pennant. We'll get there in a second. We'll get there okay. in a second. Okay. We'll, we'll okay. Get there in a second. Okay. So the Yankees ended off this, this year in general on in a great note, 17 and eight in the month of September after having a horrific, almost historically bad August at 10 and 18. Um, thank God they got the double digit wins. Cause that single digit win column West would have been, Horrific, but I, I just I have faith in this team offensively more than ever. The beginning of the year, the offense was ridiculous. Seeing how great they've played the last month or two of the season gives me a lot of confidence in how they could play against the Guardians. Look, if, you, if you're a Yankee fan or you've been following baseball for years, you know Cleveland and New York always have the most epic series possible. Didi Gregorius hitting the home runs in Cleveland. Lindor hitting home runs. You know, you the job of Chamberlain bug game. Travis Hafner and freaking Victor Martinez hitting home runs left and right off the Yankees pitching. We, you've seen it for years, even dating back to the 90s when Jim Comey and Manny Ramirez and Albert Bell crushing off the Yankees. It's been for years i i have confidence in the yankees offense to put them over the top in this series i have them winning three to one uh the problem i might be facing here is how the yankees rotation will pan out garrett cole obvious number one i would say nestor is the game two starter severino three and then jameson tyone is four severino pitched really well in his last start no seven no hit it was either six or seven no hit innings struck out seven or eight the velocity was as high as we've seen it at hitting 99 to 100. So that makes me happy as a guy who m- might be betting on the Yankees quite a, a bit this postseason. So I'm taking the the Yankees in this series against the Guardians. Yeah, so um, I, I guess we sort of pivoted from our pre, 
so I appreciate you rolling me on this. I just feel like it makes more sense to the AL and then we switch. Totally fine. To that. Um, I'm really tempted to take the guardians in this series, but I don't think I can do it because the, the way that this series and everything sets up, like when can we really expect Shane Bieber to be like pitch making his first start? Is that in game two of the series? Like at best, because like we're playing two, potentially three back to back to back games. And I feel like a lot of this first round is going to be teams just using all that they have just to advance and then be like, okay, we're going bullpen game in game one of the next round against two of the best teams that got buys. And that unfortunately is a big deal. I don't know if you have when the series with the Yankees would start. Uh, it might really depend on who's available and TV slots and things like that. October eleventh would be the first series that, in that Yankee series. Okay, so Bieber goes on the seventh. We'll go eight, nine, ten. So that's three days rest. Um, with More than a enough. long, with a long month of playoffs, though, I still don't know if he can make that first start in Game One. I'm thinking you have that. to. Well, so so here, but hear me out. If he goes Game One. In this in this second series, let's I know we're throwing a lot of probabilities and what might happen out there. But if he goes game one on three days rest, I'm thinking he's going five innings maximum. And then I feel like you're only going to try to get two games from him anyway in a five game series. because These second rounds are five games. So, like, I feel like from my perspective, I think it's going to be really difficult. But I think the Guardians are going to throw like a number four against Garrett Cole and almost like give away that first game. And that's a big deal to give away 20% of a series, essentially. I mean, of course, we'll try to win it, but the uh, probabilities won't like them there. I, I do want to see what the Guardians end up needing to get out of this race series if they do get there and then seeing what that price looks like because we know they're going to be an underdog. The Yankees are going to have yeah, a ton of fanfare. And a lot of, honestly, a lot of pressure on the Yankees, too, because they are the Yankees. They are a long time without a title. Um, and it, life doesn't get easier just because it's a different Steinbrenner running it. I mean, it might be a little bit easier, but um, ultimately, I think the Guardians are going to be a very worthy adversary. Maybe if you're not looking at them to advance uh, to that ALCS, maybe look at them on individual games where you feel like they have one of their better starters going. Because I feel like um, going against the Yankees is probably something I'm looking to do. I don't know how often I'll actually be able to execute that, but that's certainly where I'm looking right now. Do you have anything more you want to go in that one, or or do you want to jump to the Mariners Astro? I'll I'll just finish off here. The okay. Yankees are five and one against these Guardians this year, and they are pretty big blowout wins as well. Six to one, thirteen to four, ten to two, five four four one, and they lost a three four to three game in July. They that's a good sign if you are a Yankee fan and one of those games that they won five to four, Class A got the L. Mm. Big things to look look. The, I, I, we Griffin and I have just preached how amazing this Guardians bullpen is. It's tough when you have three guys in the Yankee lineup that have thirty or more home runs. That that is being Rizzo, Stanton, and of course Almighty Lord Jesus Christ, Aaron Judge. 62 oh, home runs. Whoa, whoa. When so, he's playing for the Red Sox this next year, it's gonna be really hey, don't be saying that kind of nonsense. The 2022 season's not even done yet. You can we can talk about that and scare the shit out of me after after the offseason when the offseason starts. But look, I, I had the Yankees winning 3-1. It's gonna be really tough for the Guardians. I think they're gonna compete pretty well with the with the rotation, but late game heroics are always gonna be a big thing. Who's gonna come out big and who's gonna be being clutch in those late innings? Harrison Bader, my eyes on you. Played pretty well at the end of this Yankee season here in September. I liked how you played. I think the Yankees might go far here. 
And then yeah. um, let's, let's jump right into the Mariners and Astros. Third hole hitter, Harrison Bader. Yes. Uh, now we move to Seattle at Houston. Um, and similar, I mean, I don't want to be a broken record here, but you've been listening to this podcast for 63 episodes. So you probably have heard it by now. Uh, I think it's going to be a big deal when there's not a lot of rest jumping into this series, just like the Guardians will have to do or whoever comes out of that. Uh, any any playoff series, wildcard series to go to the, the rested and, and rotation stacked teams. Uh, I feel like the Mariners had some pretty good success against the Astros this year, more than you'd expect. And I think part of where the Mariners season turned around was, I think, a four game sweep in Seattle, which isn't easy to do. Um, I mean, sweeps are hard to come by, especially whether at home or away. And with that said, uh, I do I have some questions about the Mariners. I think it's going to be like slaying the the Blue Jays dragon might just be the best that they can do because then they got to go to the Astros who are a lot better hitting team, a lot better at working counts about making pitchers work. I feel like they're the Astros to me are like a very mature version of the young Toronto Blue Jays. Um, but they also have a more reliable bullpen. I think maybe not so much at the closer position, but I think um, the Astros bullpen as a whole is pretty nasty. Um, and I think the Mariners are just going to have trouble going from series to series with the, the less pr- impressive offense and having to win two series back to back. Um, based on pitching i mean it'll keep them in the games but i'm gonna go to the astros here to move along um i'm gonna go three one in that series wow you those those kiddos get a w i like I, that i just gave them one i guess just gave yeah. them one I, I think it's a clean sweep I, I i that's that's how i'm looking at it the astros have dominated that division all year long and unfortunately the guard the the mariners have been on the other side of those unfortunately i know they they ended their seat. Uh, I think it was their um, ended the second half on a high note. I mean, ended the first half on a high note. I think it was when they swept them or they got I got swept. I don't remember. They got their ass kicked at one point against these Houston Astros. My thing is, the Astros can go to the World Series. It's obvious, and that is in part of how their pitching does, how their starting pitching does. And when you have Verlander, who has a 175 ERA, leading the pack and starting game one, assuming Castillo will be starting game one as well, it's not going to fare too much. And then you have Framer Valdez right after that. And I'm assuming Christian Javier is their game three starter. And then I probably would put Urquidy over Garcia. I would put Urquidy for game four if need be. Uh, that That's how I'm looking at it. I think the bullpen for these Astros is is absolutely underrated as well. Lance McCullers is looking like he's going to be a bullpen guy for them. And he's got 47 innings under his belt this year. Eight starts. I I think he could be one of those spot starters if need be, but more like a bullpen option. Then you have Brian Abreu, Will Smith, Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown has a under one ERA as a rookie right now, I, I mentioned on the last show that this guy could be a legit force in the bullpen. So I, I think the Astros might whoop some ass. Look, clearly I don't want to see the Yankees play the Astros or rather the Mariners or anybody else under the sun, but that's what we're going to be talking about in a, in a few moments here. Any last words on this? Uh, I So in just in terms of, since we're both picking the Astros to get through where they're a little vulnerable in this series or really at all during these playoffs, I feel like from Valdez, I mean, he had a great, great season and kind of limped into the play or into these playoffs. Um, last two start or his last start was good, but it was against a Philly team that had just clinched. So I'm not sure how much they cared. 
and he really wasn't good in his two previous starts ahead of that. Um, had some defense to blame, but I feel like he's always been a really uh, a lefty that struggles with control, a great ground ball pitcher, and you got a, a lot of jams that way. Um, but he's probably the the weakest link, I think, right now in that Astros rotation, um, besides what will probably end up being a Christian Javier to Lance McCullers piggyback situation would be my guess moving forward. Maybe Hunter Brown in that situation as well. Uh, Astros are loaded, though, and, and I really yeah. like them. So that brings us to the ALCS with uh, the Yankees and the Astros. Um, oh who do you think will move all- along in that one? Um, you don't have a Yankees shirt on right now, from what I can I tell. I don't. No, it's just a regular old T-shirt. Um, I'm not playing favorites here. Like, you know, I'm always trying to be realistic here. And I've been a real, I've been realistic all year. You have. I've, you have. I'm just I've talked, you a little. I, right. No, no. And th- I'm, I'm leading up to something where people listening be like, oh, Taylor, here we go. No, no, no. I've been very realistic all year. I've talked about how bad the Yankees have been, and I've talked how great they've been. When it's time to be real, I'm going to give you the facts and opinions. And I am firmly believing that the Yankees could win this series. It's going to take seven games. It's going to be a dogfight. We're going to see Garrett Cole coming out of the bullpen at some point in this series. Oh, It's going to be a dogfight. If the only way – look – you know for certain Aroldis Chapman will be will not be on the mound in the ninth inning against Jose Altuve. It will not happen. I don't care if he was having buzzers. I don't care if it was trash cans. It doesn't matter. Altuve owns that guy. He'll never be on the mound again. for As long as I'm watching, he better not be on the mound. It, it's got to be a absolute up by 45 runs, throw Chapman on the mound and get some work in. But I think the Yankees win this series four games to three. It's going to be a dog fight playing in the Bronx. It's going to be an absolute war zone for those Astros coming into the Bronx. The Yankee fans have been waiting for a little bit of revenge. Look, you can come and play in the Bronx during the regular season. That's one thing you give Yankee fans a shot to talk to you for a little bit, a couple games here and there in the Bronx in the postseason. Hell you, man, the jungle is real. I have been there for regular season games against rivalry teams. I've never been to a postseason game. It's going to be an absolute war zone. Yankees winning seven. Before I get to my prediction, tell me what that Yankees bullpen is going to look like. Uh, assuming, I mean, we don't know any injuries or anything like that right now, but just like where it sits right now, how do you get the ball to Clay Holmes? I assume he's closing. Well... Uh, Ron Marinaccio will be coming back. I would say in that in the division series, either the division series or the championship series, he's been pretty good. Look, if it's going to be Clay Holmes, which I'm assuming he's the closer, it's going to be I would assuming eighth inning, seventh inning role is going to be Lewiska, who's pitched pretty well down the stretch, hard throwing right hander, has a good breaking ball. Oh boy, um, Clark Schmidt who's pitched really well this year as a long man and gotten some work done. Then we're going to go with Efros, Trevino. They've pitched very well coming over in the trade. Lou Trevino is a 1-6 ERA in 21 innings. That's a lot of innings to give some sort of understanding if he's actually good or not. Uh, Efros, 2 ERA in 12 innings. He did get sidelined with an injury, but you're going to get Marinaccio back, who's pitched all year long under two ERA with 44 innings pitched. 
then you're going to have Lipke and then also Peralta, who've also had really good years as well with two ERAs. It just it's funny when when Yankee fans and people that either talk about baseball or don't like the Yankees, the, it's always going to like oh it's the bullpen's going to lose in the game. The bullpen's going to lose in the game. You, if you really look at it, these ERAs are extremely low. Teams all over the league would love these ERAs. It's Chapman and Clay Holmes have had horrible second halves. The bullpen could pitch well against these teams, against the Astros. That's how I'm looking at it right now of where the the how the the bullpen's going to be organized. It's just it, it's just how long are these starters going to go? I rather have Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, and Nestor Cortez, and Severino go seven innings, where then I can see either a Clark Schmidt or a Lewisaga or a Clay Holmes go for an inning or two and call it a day. When you start having starts, Griff, when they're five innings, that's when things get shaky for the Yankees. So that's gonna that's be hard. How, it's gonna be hard because these playoffs, I feel like five innings is like a good start. Like I know it's almost scares all the you crap want. out of me, though. You know, it scares the shit out of me. Unfortunately, so I'm gonna pick the Astros to advance in the series. I, I think that they potentially have an easier route to the to this series to get here going through the Mariners, or if the Blue Jays win, than the Yankees having to go through what will be, I think, a dogfight in low scoring games against really good bullpens like Cleveland and, and Tampa. Um I'm not sure. So there's a lot of, you just mentioned it. There's a lot of really young new arms to the playoffs. Maybe they all succeed very possible, but I would tend to want to lay lean on a little bit of the more experienced bullpen that I think you'd see from Houston. Granted, it's really not that experienced. Just plenty of names on here that like haven't done much in the playoffs. I got to say, so it's not that big of, a, of an advantage. Um, but I just feel like I like the Astros in how, they really went to the Bronx. I mean, it was a long time ago, but they controlled that series. I felt like could have had a road sweep and kind of deserved one. Um, just got a lot of questions about both these teams, but I feel like I believe even after what I just said about from Valdez kind of limping into the playoffs, I feel like there's a little more that I trust in the Astros bullpen. As I already said, also in their starting rotation. And I feel like the Yankees are built to hit home runs and in the playoffs, whether Rob Manfred's introducing dead balls, I'm not sure what he's doing. But I feel like it's a lot harder against betting better pitching staffs to be so home run reliant. Um, the Astros don't hit as many, certainly, as the Yankees do. And that's a concern the other way. Um, but I think they're going to put much more pressure on their opponent. And pressure makes diamonds or it makes teams crack. And uh, I, it's going to be tough, especially because the, the Yankees have to go on the road to knock out Houston. And I think that matters. My last thing here, it, they're, they're getting Matt Carpenter back. That was a huge bat that the Yankees lost, which it, it kind of looked like once he went down, the offense started to fade away. And the Yankees finally got their act together at the end of the year. You know, I'm interested to see how how my bracket looks. The Guardians and Astros handle Judge. We saw at the end of the year this year that, that there was not a lot of pitchers that were, are, are comfortable pitching against Judge. It was most... Most of the time, they were pitching around him for him to chase the outside slider or the outside pitches in general is where he was chasing for. I'm interested to see how they're going to pitch with pitch against Judge in, in the postseason. And if when Carpenter comes back, I want to, I'm interested to see 
if Peraza gets a lot of starts in the postseason, it freaking looks like that Oswald Cabrera is going to be starting. He's had a pretty good, pretty good uh, time so far as a Yankee. What is going to happen with Glaber? You know, once you take the pressure off Judge and Judge gets on base or he walks, there's a lot more guys in that lineup that can get the job done. It's just a matter of certain guys coming back. If Carpenter comes back to where he was when he played, I mean, let's see, he he he's 15 home runs in freaking 30 in 47 games by a 305. For a short sample size, it's pretty damn good. But let's stop. Let's talk. Stop talking about the Yankees and the Astros. Um, let's go right into the National League. How does that sound? Then we'll get into the World Series at the end. Sure. Uh, just know, Yankee fans, your playoff hopes are riding on the left and right foot of Matt Carpenter. No, that's not true. It's Aaron Judge needs to perform what she has. And Aaron Hicks, stay off the field, please. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> um, all right, let's get right into the Phillies and Cardinals series. I'll, I'll give you the, the price here. Cardinals, slight, slight favorite, just a little one tick higher than the Guardians, minus 125 favorites at home. And I feel like this is the biggest toss-up of all the series that are out there. I mean, I, you could say the Guardians are one penny shorter uh, on the numbers, but I feel like those are two really good teams. I'm not really sure what these two are. What what was the what was the money line favorite there? What was it? Uh, so the Cardinals are minus one twenty-five. You can get the Phillies yeah. plus one hundred five to advance. Yeah, yeah. This is so interesting. The Phillies barely made the postseason. The Brewers. Way to go getting their ass kicked against the Diamondbacks. Way to go. Uh, I don't know if you saw Christian Yelich's post-game interview. It was like an eight-minute interview with him in the, in the locker room. It was uh, so depressing. It was – God, it was – he wasn't crying. He was just stating facts, talking about they didn't get anybody in the office. Like, trade deadline. Oh, yeah. Perform. Yeah, going in on the GM. I love he, he, how, very, how very small it is. It was okay. very. It was more of they went. He went in on everybody else, like all like he went on himself. I did not perform at all this year. It was. It was actually kind of. It felt. It was actually felt nice to hear somebody take responsibility and say like we just sucked and that's why we didn't make it. Anyway, the Phillies they barely made it, but I think you're right. Uh, you know, I I've been so high on the Cardinals this year. I have been. I love the fucking Cardinals. Love them to death, but you can't be confident with Quintana starting game one. Like that's just that you can't be like, okay, we're taking game one. This is a fucking wrap. No shot with Zach Wheeler on the mound, which we'll get into a little bit. Their bullpen, the Phillies bullpen, has been impressive in the last few weeks of the season. Alvarado throwing a hundred and two mile an hour sinker that should legit be outlawed. Nobody can hit that, and with Kyle Schwarber leading off kind of doing the Aaron Judge route with the power hitter leading off the inning, gets more at-bats. I like that. Bryce Harper and you have Reese Hoskins and, and the rest of that, um, that offense putting things together. Remuto having a resurgence offensively this year. Thank God. Best defensive catcher in the league. And then you have him offensively put those two together. It's great. I, I'm looking at this. like I, I'll tell you right now what my series is right now. I have the Cardinals winning 2-1. I don't know if I can, can confidently say that I'm going to keep that at 2-1 St. Louis. I don't know. Like I'm not confident in the offense for St. Louis. I know Goldschmidt and Arenado are the offense. But it's the bullpen for the Cardinals that's freaking awesome. 
that can maybe help them shut the door. The rotation for the Cardinals is spotty. Am I wrong here? You're not wrong. I was kind of surprised that it didn't just give the start to Adam Wainwright because I'm very surprised too. He's best friends with every person in the St. Louis Cardinals uh, organization, and he spent a long time during the COVID season throwing a a baseball at a mattress in a haunted hotel in Milwaukee when everyone got COVID. Um, feel like I've heard that story nine thousand times. We'll probably hear that on the broadcast because uh, that's what the national media will have heard, and then we'll just roll with that. Um, I think I'm picking the Phillies in this series. I don't love their bullpen. I don't know if I'm, I mean, I'm concerned because the Gallegos into Helsley um, eighth, ninth inning for the Cardinals is pretty dominant, but to be fair, uh, (laughs) there's plenty of times where Giovanni Gallegos makes, gives me a heart attack. So I I feel like Helsley is the best there they have. I don't really know what Jack Flaherty is going to do. He's the best arm that they have in the whole uh, organization, but he hasn't been healthy this year and really is, I think, almost impossible to rely upon. Kind of surprised Jordan Montgomery didn't get a a look for the start here. Jose Quintana, I mean, he's a good pitcher. He's stuck around a lot longer, I think, anybody else would have expected, and he's had a good year. And the ghost of Albert Pujols has somehow been hitting the ball over the wall nonstop. But – Man, from where I sit, I just I'm not really sure. I feel like um I I, I really like, I mean, if you look at a three-game series, the first two, the Phillies are going Zach Wheeler and then Aaron Nola. Like, oh, I don't man. know many it's teams tough. that can really even match up with that in this entire playoffs. I mean, the Mets certainly could, but um that's pretty good. And for a team slight underdog, yes. But um Cardinals, I feel like we're in an awful division, got a record that I mean, the winner of that division was going to get a buy anyway, but they didn't get it because they were good. I mean, clearly they're way behind the Mets in the standings. Um, I think from where I sit, definitely big concerns with the Phillies bullpen. And really in any game you back them, especially if you back them for the series, a lot of concerns there, definitely. But they are also a team that, you know, they might be uh, a, a team that, that can really beat the Cardinals at their own game. And, and I feel like they have all that power at the top. Like you mentioned with Kyle Schwarber, JT Romuto is awesome. Bryce Harper's mentioned third, which is rare, but it's tough to see, but I got to say, I feel like the Phillies are a team worth looking at. Yeah, man. I, I, you know, look, I'm saying this now you'll, I'm tweet. I'm going to go to tweet out by tomorrow before the noon start for that noon first game. My final predictions I'm giving basically what my final predictions are. This is the only series that I'm really wishy-washy with. I'm looking at these numbers, Griff, from, from the offense, from the Phillies, man. Dude, they have some boppers, man. All right, look, Rumito, 22 home runs. Hoskins, 30. C, uh, Gene Segura, 10. Stott, 10. Baum, 13. Schwarber, 46. Harper, 18. Castellanos, 13. Uh, Verling has six, but what I'm saying is that they have power all through the lineup. I'm sure Brendan uh, Brendan Marsh will be starting in one of these games. I'm assuming he's probably starting over Verling. I'm, I'm guessing Marsh has totally changed his batting stance. He's turned into a better hitter since he got traded over from the Angels. I, I'm I I don't know, man. Like, do you think that these will be close, like low scoring games? Do you think we're going to be seeing that kind of I think that's how your games. playoffs are going to that's how the playoffs are going to roll and what close low scoring games does is it means 
every solo shot is that much more valuable. And the team that's more likely to do that is the Phillies. The team that I think is is less likely to give up home runs, especially with those two stars in the first two games, the Phillies. And I mean, you might see Brandon Marsh, I'm guessing in game two against what looks like miles Michaelis starting for the Cardinals. I feel like the Cardinals have like five healthy starting pitchers that are better than most teams have one through five, but they're not top of the line starters that you need in the playoffs to get through a three game series. So um, it's also going to be an all hands on deck type situation, but the Phillies with Alvarado and ever since they got David Robertson into that uh, bullpen, it's really stabilized them quite a bit. So Anthony Dominguez has some bad, bad outings in him, but he's, he's a great pitcher and has a huge arm. So um, I, I really like the Phillies in this one. Uh, and, and I think that they advance. I mean, I'm really interested to see how Wainwright pitches Wainwright has pitched in the postseason his entire career. He knows what it takes. Maybe he can be the the old man, reliable kind of guy. You know, uh, Yachty is not going to be playing much. Pujols. So they, that, I think that's maybe the difference maker for the Cardinals is that they have a lot of experience. Even Goldschmidt has playoff experience when he used to play for the Diamondbacks. There were some postseason. He's had some postseason moments as a Diamondback. I'm I'm just – I, I want to see how things pan out in game one it, if game one goes strictly to the Phillies, man, it's going to be tough. As you said, whoever captures game one most likely will take the series. Um, with that being said, let's get right into game our, our their fourth and final wild card series. It is the San Diego Padres going all the way to Queens to take on the New York Mets. The New York Mets had this year had the NL East in the bag in the middle of the summer, and they gave it up, and the Atlanta Braves. Took it home. But with that being said, the New York Mets are an extremely, extremely good team. I think this series, you could see a sweep by the New York Mets. I I really think you could see it. So here we go. Mets minus 175 is our current price. Um, I think if you're seeing a sweep, it's because the Padres offense is feeble at best. Um, but part of me, and you could probably speak to this a little bit being in New York. I wonder if there's a little bit of like a, a feeling of like cr- a crestfallen feeling because you were so ready for the Mets to win that division and get a bye. And now you have to win a first series and guess who's next on yeah. the road, the road, the yellow brick road, all the way to the world series. It is the Los Angeles Dodgers in LA or LA with home field advantage. Uh, if you get through this first series against the Padres, that's scary. Um, and it's also scary when you have to go up against you uh, Darvish in that first matchup, because you Darvish, as I think anyone that listens to either of us talk, we we love you Darvish. We think he's awesome. And as a big underdog, he's like exactly who I want to look at. Not a bad pick for an underdog because you Darvish has had some, some success this season against these New York Mets. He has two outings. Both seven innings total, 14 innings, I mean, seven innings in each game, sorry, 14 innings total. Struck out 15 New York Mets in 14 innings. He both got the Ws, first game on June 7th, and then the second game was on July 22nd. That's big. That's been talked about all morning and afternoon and evening on the radio stations here in New York. The one radio station I work at specifically that's been mentioned quite often. And then also, the other thing was, who is Buck going to start in game one? Is it DeGrom or is it Scherzer? And it's hilarious that the callers and tweet people tweeting 
There's no confidence in Jacob DeGrom. I can't, I have no confidence in him. Look, you guys have just been spoiled for years with DeGrom shoving, going seven or eight, nine innings of giving basically no hit ball and striking out a dozen. Look, he's doing what every other star does. Let's up three earned runs, four earned runs, big whoop. He's had a couple of bad starts in a row. I'm fine with him going game two. Totally fine. I think Scherzer is the right move here. Has had the postseason experience and World Series experience. It's a good matchup against these San Diego Padres. Griff and I have talked about it all year long, how this offense has been pretty much Manning Machado, and that's it. He's a low batting average team. Besides Machado, who batted 298 this year, the highest batting average after that is a guy who's not even on the roster anymore, and it's Eric Hosmer, who batted 272 for the team. So we, the next guy after that, is oh boy, God, these Griff, you might be able to hit better than some of these guys, man. Oh, Austin, thank you, thank you. Austin Nola batting a nice 251. Nice. That's the second highest batting average. Hosong Kim, um, always want player. your uh light hitting safety, excuse me, your light thinking football. Your you always want your light hitting shortstop and your catcher as your two and three. Uh, batting yeah. averages of the team. It's not, and I, and you know, we we tend to forget that the Padres acquired Juan Soto because Juan Soto hasn't done anything for these Padres in 52 games. He's batting 236, a 388 on base percentage, and a slugging of 390 in OPS of uh, I just lost it 778 with six home runs and 16 RBIs and a ton of strikeouts. Griff, if not, good. Do you think this could be the series that Juan Soto wakes up and becomes the monster we know? Do you think it's that this could be time, like we could see it happen now? Well, it's funny you say that. Juan Soto has not been very good this year. Hard to see him waking up in this series with the lights on and all that pressure. However, a 303 batting average lifetime against the New York Mets. A 420 on base percentage. Oh, pretty, pretty nice for the uh for the greenery out there. Yeah. OPS above 1000 against these New York Mets. Hi, he's got a lot of experience. We'll give we'll give him that in that national yeah. use. And he has postseason and World Series experience as well. 68 games, the most against any other team. So, I mean, you can call that a sample size, I'd say. Uh, 16 dingers in 68 games, 67 starts. You know, I mean, it's hard to say based on what he's shown once he got traded to San Diego that this is going to turn into what he he was. But, yeah. I mean, that's a nice bat to have. I think the, the Padres are going to get through this series. If they do, it will be based on pitching, and that's about it because they can't really hit. I think Josh Hader stabilized quite a bit at the end of that bullpen. Still a little bit concerned about him. But, anyway, Luis Garcia has been great in the eighth inning. Robert Suarez, who was supposed to close coming into the year, didn't really uh, kick off his season very well, lost his job, got a little bit hurt. But I think there's a lot of, of value in the Padres pitching and bullpen. Um, you Darvish is going to be a, a great first starter for them. I would imagine that it goes Joe Musgrove second and then Snell third for game three. You're going I'm the other s- way. I've seen a lot of Blake Snell game two. I, I, honestly, I agree. I think it should be Musgrove for game two. I totally agree. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of faith in Snell lately. 
but I'm looking at this Josh Hader ERA, 7-3-1 ERA in 16 innings as a Padre. Well, look at his look at his most recent performances cuz I someone dropped him in a fantasy league. I picked him up and he's been I think very solid towards the end of the year. But he did have some yeah. really really bad outings. But the reason why I'd want to and I almost wonder it's probably not wow, part yeah. of Yeah, you're right. He's pitched a lot better. It's probably he, not part of the manager his name is escaping me right now, Bob, whatever. Bob Melvin. Uh, Melvin, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's almost like if you win game 1, you know, just throw your wild card and go Blake Snell because you have no idea what's going to happen within game two. If yeah. you lose game one, I think they probably go Musgrove because he's a lot more consistent. I don't know if the, they'll think about it that way because I don't know what really a day before you start, like how that changes your routine or whatever, and that might throw the baseball players off because they're creatures of habit, um, just like my co-host. But I, I think <laughs> from where I sit, um, I do. I, th- I think the Padres have a decent chance at plus 155 oh. to get through this series. It would be the ultimate Mets thing to lose here and crash out of the playoffs. But I don't know necessarily that I think that will happen because there's I, the thing is the Mets lineup is much better. It's much longer, much deeper, and will work a pitching staff a ton more. But like, I'm not exactly afraid of the Mets. I, Ooh, I mean, I, Pete, Alon- I Pete Alonso is a, a, a great bat and he's really turned into a much better hitter than I think a lot of us expected him to just be a home run guy only. I think he's, he goes the other way plenty. He he's a much better hitter than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Yeah. I'm just never afraid of Francisco Lindor. I'm I, I just I'm just not. Nemo's a great oh. uh Nemo's a great uh almost kind of finding Nemo. Uh Nemo's a great getting on first base type of guy. We'll stick his elbow in there, as will Mark Hanna. They got some good playoff players and, and guys that will be good in this type of the part of the season. I just feel like the the Padres, like when they can stack a rotation, they can be up there with anybody. I feel like Scherzer, I mean, he's been good since coming off the IL, but he's been hurt a lot of this year, two different IL stints. DeGrom is one pitch away from getting hurt more than any other pitcher in the world, really. And kind of from where I sit, I feel like I give the Padres, I don't think I'm going to pick them, but I give them a a good chance to uh, be a real thorn in the Mets side. Uh, What was the Mets number again? Minus 175. 175. I'm just I'm writing this stuff down for myself. I had it written down. I lost it. But you mentioned Josh Hader. Ever since he let up six earned runs in Kansas City, he has in his last 12 games, 11 in a third innings pitched. He has allowed one earned run in 14 strikeouts with an ERA of 0.79. So maybe Griff, maybe. He's figured it out, and at the right time, you you were you were correct. The ERA still is bonkers high for Josh Hader, but yeah. if you're talking about the sample size lately, he's been the Josh Hader of old. I am in love with how Francisco Lindor has played this year. The switching shortstop, over 100 RBIs. Jeff McNeil, the squirrel, won the batting title today or yesterday, so congratulations to him. Well-deserved. What car is he getting? Oh, I forgot what car he was getting. I know Lindor said, I'll buy you a car or something. I, I watched like half the interview this, uh, or the post-game sound, but. Yeah. What an idiot. But Frankie Lindor has the money. so I don't He's think got really enough matters. money. He'll be fine. I, I think the Mets can, can sweep them. Ooh, and okay. I, I, I really do. I'm confident in that because of pitching in Queens is definitely, a, we talked about home field advantage. It's an extremely important, but when you have Scherzer and DeGrom back to back, that is extremely hard. I don't care how bad DeGrom has pitched of late. 
I don't care. We know who Jacob deGrom is. Game two, you solidify that spot, shut the door after game one, Scherzer. Playoff Scherzer is a – you think regular season Scherzer is a psychopath? Max Scherzer in the postseason World Series is an absolute loony bin human being, and he will absolutely shut the door. Darvish might shut the door as well, so that might be a one-run ball game towards the eighth and ninth inning. We might see some dramatics in that game. I think it would be a nice pitching duel, old-school type of baseball, but I have the Mets advancing. So let's move on to the next set of, of games, division series. Uh, we'll start with – I'm taking the Phillies against the Braves. You have the Cardinals against the Braves. Is that right? Ah, uh, fuck yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't want to. I'll be different. I'll just do it. <laughs> I, I don't think either of those teams are knocking the Braves out, so I will take the Braves along. Yes, um, I think the Braves as well. Three to two. give a little bit more on that, I'm not totally in love with the Braves bullpen, but it's decent. I, I just they mash the ball, and there are home run threats every piece of that order, and it's really scary. Their pitching's good, and the Braves at home with everyone doing the tomahawk chop. That's a really tough environment to go into. They get a really easy. I think I think they have the easiest run in the World Series. Um, it's going to be tough with whoever comes through the Mets Dodgers series, but ultimately, I feel like they have the easiest second round of pretty much anybody. Um, they've been playing great, steal that division. I really like them to keep moving along. So I'm definitely taking them here uh, yeah. against the Bra- excuse me, against the Phillies or Cardinals, whoever gets through. Braves, man, they really impressed me in the, in the last month of September here, especially against the New York Mets. Dansby Swanson hitting three home runs in a row, back to back to back days, finishing off probably the most surprising offensive year maybe besides the judge 62, but seeing Dansby turn into an overall all-star level hitter, 25 home runs, 96 RBIs, just a couple ticks under 280. And then you have Austin Riley, Michael Harris, who's come out of nowhere. Awesome. Excuse me. Awesome addition in the middle of the, I think it was middle of May. He came about or middle of May or middle of June. And then Matt Olson having a really good year, batting average, not really where it is, but that doesn't matter for Matt Olson. And then you have Contreras, who's become a factor. You get um, Von Grissom, who's become a, a, a impressive piece. Wonder where he's going to be playing. Um, might be playing second base, or I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you. And then should you have – Should be. Yeah, and then Ronald Acuna. You know, he did not have the best year. Coming off, you know, an IL stint, but he's still a Ronald Cunha in, in that lineup. And then you have you mentioned the, the bullpen could be an issue here. If we can get a, a nice postseason, Kenley Jansen, I think the Braves can win the whole freaking thing because everything else is flat out perfect. Freed, Wright, Strider, however you want to organize that first three, I think that is absolutely perfect. A Strider on the on the IL, or is he? I'm a little worried about him just in general because of the innings too. Um, I do think he was on the AL to close the year, but it might've been one of those. Let's just get him as healthy as possible. Spencer Strider felt good in throwing session in play for NLDS. There you go. Okay. I mean, it might work out perfectly for him. I think Charlie Morgan can fill in uh, where needed and that bullpen's great. Um, I don't really have much more to say on the, the I I think they're clearly ahead. I think there's a lot to be said about the Mets and the Dodgers. Um, yeah. Mets clearly coming in with some great horses to start off games and only in a five game series. Maybe we see four of those games from Scherzer and DeGrom. 
I I don't know. I feel like we'll probably see three starts from those two um, would be my guess. Just I feel like it's going to be too hard to see DeGrom and Scherzer both making two starts in a five-game series. But um, that also would require it to go five games. I think the Dodgers sitting at home. I mean, I just where where are the Mets better than the Dodgers besides I guess starting pitcher? Anyone like anywhere else you see? Uh, I'm gonna I I'm I'm just gonna look up just in case the Dodgers offensive numbers here. I'm just curious because, yeah, yeah, uh, they're just, it's laughable numbers here. It, they're laughable numbers. Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner both had 21 home runs and 100 RBIs. Trey Turner is. Not a guy that usually you, you you never hit 100 RBIs in his career before, and then you have that plus Mookie Betts who's had a ridiculous offensive year. Muncie, <coughs> yes, the batting average is horrific, but the power numbers are there. You add in Justin Turner, you still add in you know a Gavin Lux who might be playing a little bit. The offense is always going to be there for the Dodgers. The pitching going to be there. Is the bullpen going to be there? I think they'll be okay. I uh, can't see Craig Kimbrell getting high leverage innings. He Please might. Don't. I hope else. he doesn't. Anybody else fucking put, you know, Mitch White out there. I don't they give a shit. Dylan don't, Mitch White's yet. on the Blue Jays. Excuse me. Yes, yeah. Yes. Anybody <laughs> else. I'm I'm looking at these rosters and I forgot Mitch White's on the Blue Jays. The fact that I know that is because I watch too many Yankee games and I see Mitch White playing. But the Dodgers, the Mets have the hardest road out of any team to make it to the World Series. And it was their fault and their fault only. Imagine if they just won the division. They'd be playing in the championship series and ready to go face either the Braves or the Dodgers. But the Mets might be playing the Dodgers and the Braves to get into the World Series to play the Yankees. Um, it, it's going to be a wild thing. I di- I can't see them advancing. I think the Dodgers whooped their ass. I think it's going to be a 3-1 to one series win for L.A. and call it a day there. Yeah, I think the most underrated part of the Dodgers is their bullpen. Uh, Andrew Friedman leaving from Tampa, going to L.A., who, when he actually has resources at his disposal, uh, the Dodgers are going to have a good bullpen until he retires or until hmm. he decides he wants to yeah. be a, a soccer general manager or something like that. So um, I think the Dodgers slide through, and then Braves-Dodgers is going to be epic. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It will be in – it will be in Los Angeles because they were by far the, in a way, the best team in the regular season. Um, and I, I, I gotta say, I think the the Mets will take a lot of wind out of the Dodgers' sails and make this quite a series. What do you think about that one? Do you all right? Do you think the Mets might open some holes in the Dodgers' roster overall, whatever that means, offensively, bullpen troubles, whatever? and the Braves can take advantage that way. I think that's something that Atlanta's going to be watching because they're going to have a couple of days off to watch that series a little bit in, in the meantime. Uh, I, 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 yeah, that's what I'm, I'm looking at. I had the Braves winning this series in seven games. I, I, I think the Braves are the most complete team in baseball. Um, It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a bloodbath. This could be freaking home runs flying all over the fucking place. You know, Gratterall's will be striking out and let up home runs as well. So I'm just looking forward to the whole thing. I'm not going to call the the Braves the most well-rounded, but um, I think think the Dodgers are the best team. But I... In terms of opening holes, I'm not sure exactly what you mean, but I think from my perspective, I think any game that you have to play where you're at risk of getting knocked out, like I, I think the Mets could win the series and, and knock out the Dodgers. 
I don't think the Padres really could do it. So it really depends who gets through that first round of the Mets are pretty monstrous biggest favorite in the whole wild card round. Um, but I do think the Mets can, can potentially knock out the Dodgers and just by that fact, if the Dodgers have to go five games where the Braves might just go three, uh, if they somehow swept the Phillies slash Cardinals, whoever, whatever uh, sacrificial lamb gets through that series, I feel like that matters a lot because it really depends how you can stack that bullpen and stack your starting rotation. I feel like it's whoever's the freshest are in the best position to move forward. Sometimes it doesn't matter in the playoffs. It's ultimate crapshoot. But uh, I actually, before seeing your thing, was picking the Braves as well here. So we're we're kind of simpatico until we get to that uh, that World Series. So we're going Braves. <laughs> I have I have the Astros. You have the Yanks. Um, I'll let you. Since it doesn't make sense to really go too far into it, just tell me what you got for your prediction in that series, sure. and I'll give you mine. I just changed uh, uh, a series uh, total here. I had the Yankees winning the series 4-3. You can call whatever the fuck you want. You think Taylor Ringle's being biased? Go ahead. I, I'm not. I just think when it when it comes to the postseason, I really think that Judge is going to outperform. He's played well in the postseason in the past. Yes, that's not the whole offense. I just I, I think there's going to be some weird magic that's going to happen with the Yankees. It's the Yankees' time. This is the, probably the maybe one of the best teams we've seen from the Yankees since '09. When when I talk about everything's all together here offensively, the pitching is there. Bullpen can't be a mess, but whose bullpen isn't a mess? To be honest, throughout this postseason, it's a lot of people are going to be surprised from certain teams and how bad they perform. So. I'm I'm thinking the Yankees are going to win the series, win the World Series, final World Series, first World Series since 2009, and the the World Series trophy comes back to the Bronx. You know, Matt Carpenter is gonna gonna be the first Shut the fuck World, up. World Series Shut MVP. Up. Matt Carpenter. Oh my god! I'm gonna go. He's smiling when he's saying that too. He doesn't mean it. <laughs> so I'm, just, I'm just reading the tea leaves, man. You know, okay. uh, I'll go. It's just so hard for the Braves and the Dodgers. Whoever gets out of that series, I don't know who's going to win that one, really, ultimately. I, I I do lean to the Braves, and I bet they'll be an underdog if that series does happen. I'm going to take the Astros to win the World Series. I think they beat the Braves oh. in the World Series. You can hear the, uh, oh, the other God. side of this, uh, of this microphone. Um, I feel like they've got a nice run getting through potentially the Mariners, and then, you know, I don't, I don't think the Yankees are going to be as difficult um for the astros as as my co-host does uh and then i feel like really a lot of these things in these brackets it's like who's got the easiest road there are no easy roads in this in this thing that's why we love it that's why we're pumped for it we're glad you're all with us um and best bets are about to come up so stick with us through this advertisement but i'm gonna go with the astros i'll go in seven games just to uh make sure that we get as many opportunities to uh to bet make it interesting make it Um, interesting with that said, if you guys want to get in the game and make it interesting for yourself, you could use that free 25 new member discount that Taylor mentioned earlier. Just sign up. You get $25. It takes you 69 seconds to get in there, and you will have the money in your account. Um, we also run in a promotion. $10 gets you 50 in bulk dollars. So you spend 10 bucks, They give you 50 um, on top of that 25 So $10 only. That's all you got to deposit, and you're getting $75 worth of picks. My picks come out each night. Um, plenty of others on the on the site, whether you're watching soccer like I do, baseball like I do, 
I'll stop. I'll stop advertising myself now, but there's plenty of college football and pro football guys out there. I do some pro football myself, but uh, I'm not off to a great start. I'll put it that way. Um, And so you just, all you got to do is put, you get a 400% bonus on your money. 10 bucks gets you 50 to spend on the site. Um, Sign up. If you haven't already get $25 free. There's 75 in your account for a price of 10. So uh, come on in, come on in, get some picks. Um, hopefully you can uh, win some extra money and, and put some better presents on the tree for your kids this 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 uh, holiday season. With that said, it's now time to go through the Friday card. This is a long episode. Hope everyone's sticking with us. You can tell how excited we are. Uh, and we're still going to be with you coming in, likely at the end of this first round series that finished, which should be on Sunday. So uh, that'll be the right time we record. Um, so without further ado, we'll get into the baseball card for Friday. Uh, let's go... I guess we'll go in order of when it starts, just just because um, it's not it's not in rotation number order. But uh, McClanahan is the first pitcher for the Rays. We're trying out there at Shane Bieber, and it's kind of a smaller number than I was expecting. Shane Bieber minus one fourteen home favorite over under six. They're not expecting many runs in this series or this game. Um, I feel like Bieber's a little cheap here. I got to say, I, I'm I have questions about McClanahan and how deep he can go into this game. As you know, and we've talked about probably two hours ago on this show, but ultimately the Rays offense is pretty weak. Um, not a lot on the Cleveland side, but I like them batting last and I love Emmanuel class A. So I I'm into Bieber minus minus one fourteen. What do you got? I'm riding with Bieber as well. And I think what's really important, we, we had a episode this year and I think we talked about Shane Bieber for probably a good 15 minutes. We were looking into his velocity and seeing how, uh, that might be effective in that one start he pitched in. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I have no idea what that start is. But what I'm really happy about how he finished the year, even a even 200 innings on the year with an under three ERA and just about 200 Ks. We haven't seen this Shane Bieber since he won his Cy Young. Or even the time where I think you didn't he strike out 300 in one year as well? Or am I absolutely losing it but uh, what I'm i don't to, know he's got a good slide no, he did not he, he had 259 in 2019 what i'm trying to say is w- that we got to see a guy that can go the distance i think we're going to see him going the distance in this game as well if you can let that bullpen chill and only have a carrot check or even a class a come in or even like an eli morgan coming in, in the seventh inning something like that or in the eighth inning, I, that's going to be a real help in going into game two. Uh, I love Shane Bieber. I'm going to ride with Shane Bieber as well. Next, we'll move in. Uh, I guess we're going to have two games on at the same time. Um, God forbid. Look, who, does, who doesn't like that? Good thing I have two TVs right in front of my face. Right. Um, we're going to go. I guess that next one is Philadelphia at St. Louis. Zach Wheeler at the newly anointed number one starter of the St. Louis Cardinals, Jose Quintana. Oh, my God. And uh, Quintana minus 107 right now. So you're not getting plus money on Zach Wheeler. He's minus 103 uh, if you're looking at reduced juice site. Uh, over under is seven or six and a half. Uh, juice either direction if you want an over. It's pretty juice in six and a half. Um I think Jose Quintana can get through a Philly lineup. I don't know how many times he can get through it, though. I think it's two times max, and then we got a lot of St. Louis bullpen coming in. I also not wouldn't be shocked if uh, Philly's power hitters, the uh, I guess they're not the Bronx Bombers, the uh, the Cheesesteak Bombers. I feel like they are 
a scary, scary thing to go up against a kind of flat fastball Quintana who's got some strikeouts in him, but ultimately kind of lives off of contact. That's a really, really scary thing. Maybe not as homer prone in the St. Louis park as it would be in Philly. And that's a big advantage, especially batting last, but Zach Wheeler, he came off the IL and really, I think outperformed anyone's expectations and pitched deeper into games because he was so he was, he was rolling and they were trying to get him ready for this exact situation. Um, I think the bullpens are similar, probably edge to St. Louis, but, uh, I like Zach Wheeler minus one Oh three. Um, hoping that he'll move and catch a, a plus number in front of him. I'm riding with, with Wheeler as well. Uh, I know I said, I said before, and I'll say it again. I think the Cardinals might take the series. I'm still not definite on who I think could overall take the series, but in this game alone, Zach Wheeler is my guy. And you just mentioned about how many times can Quintana, you know, when is he to start struggling? What inning or how many times throughout the order? A big number here. You know, you, you hit the third inning, so that's going to be the end of potentially the end of the Cardinal, uh, end of the Phillies lineup. His ERA spikes up to just about a four ERA in the third inning. And then by the sixth inning, so that's going to be there about, you know, the second or third time, maybe a four, seven, six ERA in the sixth inning. And guess how many innings he's only had in the sixth inning this year? 11, 11 innings in the sixth, 16 games he's pitched this year have gone to the sixth. That is not good. That's just telling you right off the bat, this is going to be a short start. He's he's hitting 31 innings in the third inning, and then it starts to get to 29 innings when he hits the fourth inning, and then 25 innings when he hits the fifth, 11 in the sixth. He's gone the eighth inning one time this year. He's not going to go far. So you got to rely on the Cardinals bullpen to get the job done. I just don't think that's going to happen. If, if the Quintana gets rocked early on or the pitch count gets too high, that could give some stress onto the Cardinals. And Zach Wheeler's hard throwing fastball guy, big strikeout guy. They have a lot of good hitters that really don't strike out too much in the Cardinals, but Quintana, if Quintana has struggles, that means the Cardinals might have a tough time game one. And as we said, that first game uh, might decide a lot of these series. Next will yeah. go Seattle at Toronto, Luis Castillo at Alec Manoa. Manoa minus 129 favorite over under is seven. Um, gotta say, Luis Castillo has been awesome ever since he came to Seattle. Started Amazing. the year slowly, got kind of off to a slow start, coming back from injury. Uh, but I, I feel like he's going to, I think he's going to keep that Toronto lineup quiet. Depends how Manoa could do the same thing um, and he'll have an easier time against the Seattle lineup. Um, but this number, I mean, there's a pretty nice price tag on Luis Castillo plus 119 on the road as we speak. I imagine this one will climb. I imagine it'll climb a little bit because I think there's going to be some Toronto money out there. Uh, what are you laughing about? I'm laughing because I, I get it. You, you know, Blue Jays home favorite. Manoa's had a good year. I, I mean, you know, I think Castillo's better than Manoa. I mean, look, I get it. Give mate the Blue Jays the favor. Whatever. Do what you want. Wouldn't you think it'd be a little closer, like a little bit closer than this, or do you think this is spot on? I think this is a little disrespect. A plus 119, I figure it'd be almost like maybe close to pick him, or I know maybe give the favor to, what's his name, Manoa. But I think you're not, yes, look, I'm, I'm looking at, Castillo's last couple of starts, 
He's faced some crap teams and didn't pitch pretty well. On September 20th, he left four runs, didn't get out of the fifth against Oakland, five earned runs against the Royals in his next start, didn't get out of the sixth. In his last start of the year, struck out eight, let up one earned run against the Oakland A's again. He lowered his ERA under three. I, I, I'm riding with the Mariners in game one here. No disrespect to Alec Manoa. None at all. Castillo diced up a lot of teams this year. One game in particular that I watched from the beginning to the end was the Garrett Cole-Castillo game when the Yankees were in Seattle and that won 10 or 12 innings, whatever it was. And it was a, one of those old classic pitchers duels. We might have another one here again, but um, I'm riding with Mariners. I made uh, Manoa minus 115 favorite. So a lot of times I like, because I usually bake in a 10 cent difference um, since that's probably industry standard, at least at reduced juice books. Um, and so, I mean, seeing an underdog that I made bigger than the favorite I priced is uh, usually a good sign for me and, and makes me, I mean, it's clear that I like the underdog already, but that definitely puts me uh, in the, I feel like I have a lean on every game here. And that, uh, I mean, might be a really busy day tomorrow where I'm supposedly working. Uh, next we'll go San Diego at the Mets, Hugh Darvish at Max Scherzer. I mean, this all these games are great. I mean, I, I don't really know. Yeah, they're putting up their number ones, probably game twos and whatever game threes we get might not be that great. But I'm I'm stoked, man. This is this is fun. Scherzer minus 145 favorite right now at home over under a six. So first run might even win this game. Not even first game wins this series might be whoever scores first. That's it. Uh, I would say that probably in the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of tight games. But ultimately, you got to get worried about those three, three ties, which guarantee an over result. Um, I got to say, I like you, Darvish. Um, and I, you know, it, I really don't like the Padres very much, but I like him. <laughs> and I, I don't like I don't like what's going on, what's flying around in the minds, like the missed opportunity that all the Mets are thinking about. When you put that into perspective, the Mets have a little grudge factor to them. Like, we should have fucking had this NL East. This was ours to win. We let it go. And now we're, in a way, we're a laughing stock in this league. It could go that way. It certainly could. That's the way I'm looking at it. I'm riding with the New York Mets in game one. Max Scherzer, that's the guy you won on the mound. Hey, either way, give me DeGrom or Scherzer. I'll be happy. Scherzer's the guy. The postseason experience is there. Darvish is going to pitch freaking great. He has again already against these Mets twice this year. And this is the NL West pitch we're talking about here. The fact that he gets to pitch once against the NLT, NL East team is already a big deal as it is. But now he's been, he has history this year alone. I think, uh, I think it'd be a good pitcher's duel. I'm riding with Scherzer. And that brings us to the best bets portion of our show. Thanks for everyone sticking around. It's probably day number three of us recording, but uh, it's worth it for us. And I'm glad everyone that was sticking with us. And worst case scenario, if you fast forwarded here, uh, you've come to the right, the promised land. I'll start off my best bet. It's going to be a single game in this one. I figure give it, give it an option if you want to go full series as well. I'm going Cleveland Guardians and Shane Bieber. He's currently a minus 114 favorite at home against the Rays. And reason why I'm I'm kind of feeling this, I feel like the line's shorter than it should be. I think McClanahan is not likely to go very deep in this game. I just feel like a shoulder impingement, a guy that they're really trying to keep healthy so they could trade him away maybe this offseason. 
maybe a little bit later as he gets uh, fewer RB years behind him. Um, but I, I just feel like the Rays lineup is not going to hit Bieber very hard. And I feel like they are going to have to cover a lot of outs with a bullpen that is capable, but every extra bullpen arm that you use, uh, that means you get one arm further from your best. And unfortunately, I think that means that Cleveland is underpriced. I'm taking minus 114. And I'm watching this number. It's an early start. Um, but I want to make sure that I that this line doesn't climb because I feel like it should go the other way. It feels, it feels short to me. It's kind of come down since it's open. And I feel like that tells me there's a little bit of money out there supporting the Rays, which is a little bit odd because I feel like underdog money usually comes in late. Um, but I'll be watching this one like a hawk. And uh, we try and add Shane Bieber to my card as soon as I feel like the momentum starts going the other direction. Love that pick. I'm not mad about it. I think it's a good pick. And when you have that bullpen behind him, the little extra oof behind him, you know what I'm saying? A little oof. Oh, I didn't mention this. I got to go to a wedding tomorrow. I have the opportunity to go to the Met game tomorrow, and I can't go. And I'm kind of mad about it. I'm not I'm not going to lie. I have a Friday afternoon wedding, and game one, can't go to it. Anyway, I'm Ouch. not Ouch. I'm not going to pick the Mets. I'm not going to pick that as my best bet. I like Scherzer there. I'm going to go with the Seattle Mariners on the road. I think that Luis Castillo is going to shove against these Toronto Blue Jays. Blue Jays, this Blue Jays roster is a good roster. But we did not see the Vlad Jr. from last year where he was second or third in MVP. He finished off the year pretty well. Bo Pichette is the hottest hitter in baseball. I think Castillo can really shove him and get him to chase pitches. That 95-mile-an-hour sinker in on his hands is going to be a rough thing on the righty right there. I'm taking Luis Castillo and the Seattle Mariners plus 119. And I also love that Mariners bullpen. Give me an opportunity to get that bullpen going, man. I think they're going to start shoving. So let's go Mariners here. Let's go Mariners. And we got so much fucking postseason baseball, dude. Oh, my God. We're finally here, kiddos. We're finally here, Griff. Tell them where they can find you. And... Then I'll give mine and we'll get the hell out of here. Sure. I'll give you a little more about Luis Castillo. Um, the Jays have a lot of right-handed hitters in that lineup, and he is a much better pitcher against righties. Uh, 13 points better in batting average. If I can do the math quickly, 42 points in on base percentage. Um, TOPB plus, it's pretty good. 30, 30, a, a difference of 30. Uh, we don't have enough time for me to explain it, but whatever. Uh, I think Luis Castillo sets up really well for this, this matchup like your side as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Hopefully everyone loved the episode. We, I mean, we went deep. We went as deep as we could. We're going to go deep on Sunday. Once we get our division series, probably do a similar type of thing. We're going to shove, we're going to do all the pushing and shoving that Taylor's new favorite word. Um, thanks for sticking with us as long as you have. We appreciate it. We got a few more episodes left to go. We still got a month left, so stick around. Uh, we're going to give you some winners, some best bets. And uh, hopefully we're going to enjoy some baseball. You guys can follow me on Twitter for the 100,000th time that I've said it. Go follow me at Taylor Ringgold. And I've been posting a lot more videos lately. I just posted a Pujols video and a Aaron Judge video on my Instagram and on my TikTok and wherever else you can find me. Go look me up. Just type my name in. That is a wrap here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB Edition Episode 63. Griff, what, what is your last remark here? What's going on here? A video is coming out soon, Matt Carpenter.
Oh, you know what? If Carpenter goes yard, I swear to God, you're going to fucking hear until the day you die. He's anyway, cutting it from the wedding in a tuxedo. He's cutting I'm the Matt running. Carpenter video. I'm cutting it right there. All right. So another great episode is all wrapped up here. We appreciate you guys sticking by. I'm taking the Mariners on the road. Give me Luis Castillo at plus 119. And Griff takes the Guardians as the home favorites at minus 114. Great pitching matchups. Game one of the postseasons is underway. You guys will probably listen to this right before game time. Game time's at 12 o'clock, kids. Get those bets in. We'll catch you guys on Monday. Peace.